Well, hello, and welcome again to Auditing the Global Capital Markets with Allison. Hope I'm loud and clear today. This is another great opportunity to continue our dialogue about auditing the global capital markets around the world and understanding where is the money going and what are we doing with it? So welcome to the show. This week, we're gonna dive in to one of the markets we have been uncovering week after week, and that is the market of India. We had a program on India moving up in terms of one of the largest economies in the world. And so we're gonna keep diving. And today we're gonna look at the 1% of India and the wealth creation that has been going on in the last several decades and where it is concentrating, what are the industries that dominate the Indian economy? How is it helping it to be a powerhouse of the global capital markets. So if we look at the India wealth creation and you look at how India races ahead from 2022 into this new year of 2023, there was an article by Rainier Michael Price in Forbes magazine on October 12th, 2022, that really began to have the Forbes coverage of India's richest 2022 marketplace. And it basically explained that India has passed the United Kingdom to become the fifth biggest economy behind the USA, China, Japan, and Germany. Bolstered by pent-up consumer demand, GDP growth is expected to hit 7% in the year ending March 2023, giving the country bragging rights as the fastest growing major economy in the world. It's a big deal. It really is. Sustainable growth historically has eluded India's stop-go economy. According to Morgan Stanley, the country is now heading toward its best run in over a decade. Credit growth in the industrial sector, a key metric for sustainable development, is picking up post-pandemic. Indian stocks rallied in the first quarter to lift their weighting in the MSCI Emerging Markets Index to the number two spot. And in fact, if you look at GDP growth year on year as a percentage of the change per year. India is the world's fastest growing major economy. And that has happened when you track from 2015, looking all the way up into 2024, you will see that there was a tremendous growth. In fact, it hit 2017, 8.3% year-on-year growth. And that was forecast to be about the same, 8.7% in 2022, with perhaps a slight decline for this year of 2023 and perhaps next year. 
but that uh, will depend on how things end for 2023. And if you look at the growth fixed investment, it has really improved and it's expected to improve this year. So it was down, of course, during the global health pandemic, but it is forecast to pick up and hit 7.8% in 2022. And then this year of 2023, expected to hit 10.5% in gross fixed investment. If we, and that uh, is according to the OECD and the uh, Bloomberg reports. Now, if we see the higher household costs, uh, they are, however, causing concern. India's retail inflation rose more than expected in August on soaring food and fuel prices. The government recently announced rice export restrictions. India is the world's second largest rice producer. Uh, so to keep prices at home in check, uh, they're putting in those rice export restrictions. Meanwhile, unemployment jumped to a 12-month high of 8.3% in August of 2022. And Prime Minister Narendra Modi has pledged to make India a developed nation by 2047, a century after it declared independence. It's on track to be a $35 trillion economy by then and a global engine for growth. Household costs are rising in India as food and fuel prices soar and the population of India is feeling the pinch. If you look at the household consumer price index year on year percent change from 2015 and to 2024 projections, there has been a variation from a high of 6.6 in 2020, uh, and that is now 6.6 .6 as of 2023, uh, with that low only being um, really the case in the 2015 to 2019 range when it varied from 3.3 to 4.9. So household costs are seeing that rise in food and fuel prices overall. And that is, according to Bloomberg, a big uh, determinant right now of the fluctuation in the value overall in the Indian economy. Now, if we continue to look a little bit deeper, we can see that India's 100 richest uh, families in 2022 uh, really made out with a bang. Uh, the collective wealth uh, was able to rise to $800 billion uh, thanks to a boost from Gautam Adani, who is one of the world's richest tycoons. And this, again, is an article uh, from the October 12, 2022 edition of Forbes magazine um, from the Asia desk, Nazine Karmali uh, from the Forbes staff put in some new statistics um, and again, all of that fluctuated in the last five months with some of the up and down for um, that particular tycoon. Again, India's post-pandemic demand revival powered its economy to become the fifth largest in the world, surpassing the United Kingdom. But the stock market was down marginally from a year ago 
with the biggest dampener being a weaker rupee, their national currency, which fell 10% over the same period. Despite this, the combined wealth of India's 100 richest families grew 25 billion to touch $800 billion. The gain was largely due to a record-breaking feat by infrastructure tycoon Gautam Adani, which changed the peaking order at the top for the first time since 2008. After nearly tripling his wealth in 2021, Adani doubled his fortune this year of 2022 to $150 billion to become the new number one, and also for a while the second richest person on the planet. Now we know all those people have been fluctuating in the last six to seven months uh, from October through May 2023. The biggest gainer this year in both percentage and dollar terms in 2022, Adani announced he would be investing $100 billion over the next decade, 70% of it in green energy, which is very interesting for our review of the global capital markets, as we know that there needs to be a multi-trillion dollar push from fossil fuels into green energy, and it will take the industrial tycoons around the world to take it on. Mukesh Ambani, who controls Reliance Industries, the oil and gas to telecom giant, is at number two with 88 billion, down from last year, about 5%. Between them, Adani and Ambani now account for 30% of the total wealth of India's 100 richest families. The country's retailing king, Radhakishan Damani, who owns the D-Mart chain of supermarkets, broke into the top three for the first time, though his net worth declined 6% to $27.6 billion. Another year of bumper profits from COVID-19 vaccines pushed up India's vaccine baron, Cyrus Poonwala, to fourth place with a fortune of $21.5 billion. It is of note to see this increase. It is very important to also look at the fact that there are nine new faces this year, including three from initial public offerings. Falguni Nayar, a former banker who became richest Indian self-made woman after listing her beauty and fashion retailer, Nika. Again, that's Falguni Nayar, a former banker who became India's richest self-made woman after listing her beauty and fashion retailer, Nika. Ethnic garments maker Ravi Modi and shoemaker Rafiq Malik, who listed Metro brands last December. Three prominent list members passed away this year. Rahul Bajaj, the ailing patriarch of the Bajaj family, Rakesh Junjunwala, often referred to as India's Warren Buffett, who died shortly after launching his new airline, Akasha Air, in August, and whose wife, 
Reka Junjunwala takes his place. And construction magnate Palonji Mystery, whose 54-year-old son, Cyrus Mystery, died three months later in a car crash in September, leaving the patriarch's older son, Shapur Mystery, at the helm of the family's $14.2 billion fortune. Among the four returnees to the ranks is Anand Mahindra, whose Mahindra and Mahindra created a buzz by launching an electric SUV. The gainers on the list were outnumbered by the majority, 60 in all, who saw their wealth decline from a year ago. Notable among the drop-offs was Vijay Shekhar Sharma, whose company 197 Communications saw shares of his company, along with the parent company of FinTech Paytm, fall amid the global tech route. The cutoff of the top 100 was $1.9 billion. Almost the same as last year's $1.94 billion. All of these serve as an interesting point to look a little bit deeper into some of the families. Because as we know, when you look at the list, there is a very rich list of families that make up the top uh, 100 families, India's 100 richest. And if we look at the overall list, it is interesting to see the diversification in the industries and the plethora of different types of companies that have been created uh, with tremendous amount of power and wealth. We can start with the issue of each family having a very interesting story and understanding all of the different aspects of it. So if we start with Gautam Adani and the Adami, Adani family, Gautam Adani is the chairman of the $21 billion in revenue Adani group with interest in ports, airports, power, generation and transmission, green energy, edible oils, cement and real estate among others. Adani controls Mundra Port in his home state of Gujarat and is India's largest airports operator. In 2022, Adani acquired Swiss firm Holimes Hol Indian Assets for 10.5 billion to become India's second largest cement producer. Adani's listed Adani Wilmar is a joint venture with the billionaire Kwok Clans Wilmar International. Adani wants to be the world's largest producer of green energy and has said he will invest up to 70 billion on renewable energy project, projects. So very interesting uh, background for that family. Uh, the next family is Mukesh Ambani and the Ambani family. Ambani 
chairs and runs the $104 billion revenue company Reliance Industries, which has interests in petrochemicals, oil and gas, telecom, and digital. Reliance was founded by his late father, Dhirubhai Ambani, a yard, pardon me, a yarn trader in 1966 as a small textile manufacturer. After his father's death in 2002, Ambani and his younger sibling, Anil, divvied up the family empire. Reliance sparked a telecom price war with the launch of 4G phone and broadband service, Jio, in 2016. Today, it has more than 430 million subscribers and is rapidly rolling out 5G, 5G services. Ambani is pivoting Reliance into green energy. The company will be investing $80 billion over the next 10 to 15 years on renewable energy and building a new complex next to its refinery. Ambani has spelled out his succession plan. Son Akash is now chairman of Reliance Jio. Daughter Isha oversees retail. And younger son Anand has been inducted into the new energy business. The next family is the Radhakishan Damani family in fashion and retail. The veteran Mumbai investor Radhakishan Damani became India's retail king after the March 2017 IPO of his supermarket chain Avenue Supermart. Damani got into retailing in 2002 with one store in suburban Mumbai. Today, he has 294 DMART stores across India. Damani also holds stakes in a range of companies, from tobacco firm VST Industries to cement producer India Cements. His property portfolio includes the 156-room Radisson Blue Resort in Alibagh, a popular beachfront getaway close to Mumbai. If we go to the next family, Cyrus Punawala, that's the number four richest family. And he's the son of a horse breeder. Cyrus Punawala founded Serum Institute of India in 1966 and built it into the world's largest vaccine maker by doses. Serum produces over 1.5 billion doses annually of a range of vaccines, including for measles, polio, and flu. Under his UK-educated son, Adar, Serum CEO, the company's invested $800 million to build a new factory to make COVID-19 vaccines. Serum has multiple COVID-19 vaccine partnerships and produces Covishield, the vaccine developed by AstraZeneca and Oxford University. Punawala's assets include a majority stake in listed financial services firm, Punawala Fincor. Next, we have Shiv Nadar, number five on the list. An interesting profile. The Indian IT pioneer, Shiv Nadar, co-founded HCL in a garage in 1976 to make calculators and microprocessors with five friends. Today, his $11.8 billion revenue HCL technologies is among India's largest software services providers. 
In July 2020, he stepped down as chairman of HCL Technologies, handing over the position to his daughter, Roshni Nadar Malhotra. He's now chairman emeritus and strategic advisor. HCL Technologies, which employs 2,222,000 people in 60 countries worldwide, hires high school grads and trains them on the job. One of India's leading philanthropists, Nadar has donated $1.1 billion to his Shiv Nadar Foundation, which backs education-related causes. Now that we've reviewed the first five, let's take a pause and look at some of the interesting analysis about how to reach this 1%. Because it's interesting that the Indian Times and the Indian, the Indian Express have articles about what it takes in India to become among the 1%. So if your net worth is 1.44 kronars in rupees, you're among the 1% of wealthiest, according to a report. According to a study based on Knight Frank's wealth sizing model, the wealth needed to join the ranks of the 1% vary sharply from country to country. In Monaco, which has the world's densest population of super rich individuals, the entry point for the 1% club is $12.4 million. Now, if you have a net worth of 1.44 kronars rupees or about 175,000 US dollars, you are among the top 1% of wealthy individuals in India, says a report. According to a study based on Knight Frank's wealth sizing model, the wealth needed to join their ranks vary sharply from country to country. In Monaco, which has the world's densest population of super rich individuals, the entry point for the 1% club is $12.4 million. This is double the amount needed by the second place country in this study, which is Switzerland. They have an entry point of 6.6 .6 million. Singapore has the highest threshold for Asia with 3.5 million, followed by Hong Kong, where you need 3.4 million to enter the 1%, the firm Knight Frank said. Uh, it also, Knight Frank also said that India's ultra high net worth individuals with a net worth over 30 million are estimated to rise by 58.4% in the next five years. From 12,069 in 2022, to 19,119 individuals in 2027. India's billionaire population is expected to increase from 161 individuals in 2022 to 195 individuals in 2027. The Indian high net worth individual population with an asset value of 1 million and more, which was recorded at 797, 714 persons in 2022, will also rise to 1.65 million, recording an impressive 107% in five years increase, it said. In 2022, the global population of ultra high net worth individuals 
declined by 3.8% after a record climb of 9.3% in 2021, as the wealth and the investment portfolio of the ultra-wealthy were impacted by economic downturns and slowdowns, frequent rate hikes, and rising geopolitical uncertainties, the report of Knight Frank said. The trend was noted in India, where the ultra high net worth individual population registered a decline of 7.5% in 2022 over 2021. For India, apart from the rise in interest rates, the appreciation of the US dollar also impacted the growth of wealth. However, the High net worth individual population remain on a growth path, registering a growth of 4.5% in 2022. And India's billionaire population rose by 11% in 2022 compared to the previous year, it said. So very interesting summary of some of the developments in India. Shirshir Bajal, the chairman and MD, of Knight Frank Media, Knight Frank India, said India's hectic development activities in core and non-core sectors has helped accelerate economic growth in the recent times. Aligned to that is India's significant position as a global startup hub creating new wealth. The new opportunities emanating from sectors like global manufacturing in India, infrastructure development, technology startups, et cetera, will propel economic momentum and help the cause of wealth creation in the country, leading to the rise in the number of wealthy individuals in India. So very interesting developments. And you can, you can really see that uh, when you see the distribution of adults in India by wealth range as of 2021 you can really see um, the dichotomy. And that's why I think if you look, at least by the end of 2021, the majority of Indian adults accounted for wealth of only 10,000 US dollars or lesser. On the other hand, about 0.1% were worth more than $1 million that year. So a huge dichotomy. And we should look at that in terms of the Oxfam International Report called India Extreme Inequality in Numbers, which gives you that contrast of the other side of of the coin. And Oxfam International is always very good about that. And what is particularly worrying in India's case is that economic inequality is being added to a society that is already fractured along the lines of caste, religion, region, and gender, according to Professor Himanshu of the Jar Waharial Nehru University. And in the Oxfam International Report that um, documents this income inequality, they know while India is one of the fastest growing economies in the world, it is also one of the most unequal countries. Inequality has been rising sharply for the last three decades. The richest have cornered a huge part of the wealth created through crony capitalism and inheritance. 
They are getting richer at a much faster pace while the poor are still struggling to earn a minimum wage and access quality education and healthcare services, which continue to suffer from chronic underinvestment. These widening gaps and rising inequalities affect women and children the most. So when Oxfam International looked at the numbers, the 1%, the top 10% of the Indian economy and population holds 77% of the total national wealth. 73% of the wealth generated in 2017 went to the richest 1% while 670 million Indians at the time of 2017, who comprised the poorest half of the population, saw only a 1% increase in their wealth. Now, at that point, 2017, there were 119 billionaires in India, and the number had increased from only nine in 2000 to 101 in 2017. Between 2018 and 2022, the uh, Oxfam International estimated India was to produce 70 new millionaires every day for those, those four years. And if you look at the 10-time return, billionaires' fortunes increased by almost 10 times over a decade, and their total wealth is higher than the entire union budget for, of India for the fiscal year of 2018-2019, which was at 200, pardon me, 24,422 INR billion in rupees. 63 million, many ordinary Indians are not able to access the healthcare they need. 63 million of them are pushed into poverty because of healthcare costs every year, almost to every second. It would take 941 years for a minimum wage worker in rural India to earn what the top paid executive at a leading Indian garment company earns in a year. 941 years of a minimum wage worker. Healthcare is also a luxury good. While the Indian government barely taxes its wealthy citizens, it Spending on public health care ranks among the lowest in the world. In the place of a well-funded health service, it has promoted an increasingly powerful commercial health sector. As a result, decent health care is a luxury, only available to those who have the money to pay for it. While the country is a top destination for medical tourism, the poorest Indian states have infant mortality rates higher than those in sub-Saharan Africa. India accounts for 17% of global maternal health deaths and 21% of deaths among children below the age of five years old. And I saw this firsthand living and studying and working in India. Of course, Oxfam asks you to get involved and fight inequality because inequality affects us all. Oxfam is calling on governments to invest more in making quality essential services available to everyone and to help fund this by taxing wealth more fairly. And so Oxfam India has a campaign
to urge the Indian government to provide such services and end under taxation of corporates and rich individuals. And that's something that they're really working towards.